0: Hi, you're back on PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, where you'll find inspiring insights and information from Filipino physical therapists around the world. We have today Thomas Joseph Feronda to help us discover the wonderful world of wound care. He earned his bachelor's degree in the University of Santa Tomas, Doctor of Physical Therapy from Boston University. He has been wound care credentialed from the National Alliance of Wound Care and Ostomy and Certified Wound Specialist from American Board of Wound Management. In this episode, he discussed what wound care and physical therapy entails, described performing sharp deprivement, compressions, and burn management, and lastly, he shared his learnings from working in wound care and his advice to physical therapists who want to pursue a career in wound care. Come and take a listen. Alright, welcome back to another plateful of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast where we talk about interesting information and inspiration. About the physical therapy profession and practice served to us by our fellow Filipino physical therapists. So, for today's episode, uh, we talk about we'll talk about wound care in physical therapy with our guest, none other than Thomas Joseph Faranda. He is a doctor of physical therapy, a certified wound specialist and wound care certified. He is also the founder and director of the Wound Care Institute of the Philippines. So, welcome to the show, TJ. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. So um, again, we're going to talk about uh, wood care in physical therapy, but before we uh, go further, uh, could
1: you share to us how you started your physical therapy career? Oh, sure. So I graduated from the University of Santo Tomas in 2002. Shortly the same year, I took the board exams and left for the States in 2003. Mm-hmm. And luckily I had an immigrant visa. So I actually went straight to California. No, yeah, California. And um, But I took the board exams anticipating to practice in New York. Oh, so okay. I first took the exam. I passed it. And um, I just my parents decided we wanted to stay in California. And I just decided to transfer my scores to mm-hmm. California. But in California, one of the requirements if you're foreign trained is a period of clinical service, like an internship. Mm -hmm. It's a paid internship, so I had to undergo that training, and um, I was first assigned in acute care uh, physical therapy in one of the county hospitals here, Mm -hmm. and um, so eventually they absorbed me in the hospital as a staff member right after my period of clinical internship, So I got my full pledge license in 2004. Uh Uh, So that was like August after the period of clinical internship. And after acute care, I rotated in uh, wound care, even as an intern. Uh And that's where I really fell in love with the practice. And Uh that's where I was assigned, actually, after um, getting my license. Uh And I... If I was also trained in burns in the burn yeah. unit, so this hospital is particularly known for their burns. So I was the backup burn therapist at that time, and um, so I was also rotating over the weekends, even in wounds uh, in acute care. So I yeah. saw people in ICU, transitional care unit, orthopedics, med surge, and. Shortly after that, in 2008, I got my certified wound specialist credential from the American Board of Wound Management, and after practicing in the wound care clinic. So this hospital has a physical therapy-based outpatient clinic. So that's where I got mentorship and experience. Then I took the exam, and after passing the CWS, I eventually graduated um, with a doctorate from Boston University. Okay. In physical therapy, and and um, shortly in 2011, I transitioned to home health physical therapy therapy with Kaiser Permanente, and that's where I also did wound consults and uh-huh. regular home health physical therapy. And now I've transitioned to uh, another hospital system, Sutter Home, uh, Sutter. Health Foundation, Medical Foundation and I am their wound care specialist for one of their um, outpatient physical therapy facilities.
0: Nice, uh, great training and, and
1: big health systems, Kaiser right. and Sutter. Right. <laughs> oh, well, in 2011, I founded the Wound Care Institute of the Philippines, hoping to Impart my knowledge to our kababayans in the Philippines, and to give you know conferences, symposia. Originally, the purpose was just to provide continuing education. Uh-huh. Then now we are expanding. This is already the Wound Care Institute of the Philippines is now a corporation. Oh, nice. we have um. You know, co-owners in this uh, undertaking, oh. and we are uh, about to open our first physical therapy-based wound clinic in one of the hospitals in Antipolo. So pretty soon, you'll hear about it.
0: Oh, exciting! That's an exciting news. So, um, starting from your internship to to now, you've been in wound care. Um, so, can you elaborate to us what wound care management is? Um, coming from a physical therapy standpoint, because I remember when I was a student, um, wound our, our wound care is is limited to like infrared, to mm. to iontophoresis, right. to to hydrotherapy. So, mm-hmm. in your practice, what what uh, types of intervention did you do as a physical therapist in in wound care?
1: Well, wound care is very unique. Um, considering the fact that not a lot of us underwent the training in, in school about it. Okay. Although if you review the practice app, uh, we are not limited to modalities in wound care, as uh-huh. we know. We uh-huh. actually do selective debridement, meaning like sharks debridement, it's part of our practice. Even if, if you were not certified, you are allowed to do selective shark debridement as long as it is non-viable tissue. When I say non-viable, it's the necrotic, unhealthy tissue like slough, so things like that. Part of physical therapy, of course, we need decision-making. Mm-hmm. You know, When you make decisions, what specialized dressing should you use?
0: Okay. There's
1: compression for venous insufficiency. There, um, so it's the proper use of analytical skills. What dressing should I use? What um, modality should I use? You can combine electrical stimulation, uh-huh. or ultrasound, other you know other modes of intervention. But of course, a big part of wound care is the assessment. Like any physical therapy treatment, you need to have right. an assessment. So a lot of it comes from, you know, good assessment skills, and I would say excellent assessment skills. Measuring the wound, you know, taking note of the drainage, the tissue quality, surrounding tissue. It also involves a lot of testing, you know, like for venous ulcers, getting ankle brachial indices, yeah. things that are unfortunately not discussed when we were in, that were not discussed in school. All of these you learn through practice and through uh-huh. experience. And that's what I luckily had mm-hmm. as, a, as a physical therapist here in the States. Mm-hmm. So it's, and up to now, um, in my role, that's what I do. And that's, that's what I can bring to the table, and if I can do it, then you can definitely learn how to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned that it's it's part of the scope of uh physical therapy practice. Okay. So even if uh, a PT doesn't have a, a specialized um, like seminar or course, mm-hmm. they can do that provided they they feel confident in. Per- Correct. As long
1: as they have, certain companies have competencies. So Uh when I started as a wound therapist, I didn't have any certifications or training. Uh But through mentorship, you know, you get all this knowledge and experience. And in three years of full-time wound care, Uh after three years of full-time wound care, you're qualified to take the Certified Wound Specialist exam.
0: Uh
1: So it's a board exam from the American Board of Wound Management, the minimum qualification is that you have a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. and you have at least three years of documented full-time experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think they've revised it to accumulated experience now. So mm-hmm. let's say you've been practicing wound on and off for the past so and so years. If mm-hmm. you have a total of at least three years, then you are you can register and take for the take the board exams, which is actually a very difficult exam. Mm-hmm. that you have to take every 10 years.
0: Every 10 years. So
1: I took my exam in 2008 and I renewed and took the, the, the same exam 2018. I see. So, so. there is there are other ways to get certified. There's another organization that has several pathways, but this is where I started. Mm-hmm. Interesting- but yes, because we should remember that historically uh-huh. therapists, started to do wound care, physical therapy started to do wound care in the World War. Right. Mm-hmm. So in World War, the nurses and the PT shared, With shared the management. goal in wound care management because of the, the need, the demand. So, mm-hmm. so since then, practice has evolved in physical therapy and we, we got that to a point where we are still go-to people and part mm-hmm. of the multidisciplinary team. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I know that in some hospitals, when it comes to debridement um, or compression, nurses would call on PTs to do it for them. Really? Yes, yes.
0: I would think nurses would be more, what do you call this, adept or more um,
1: mm-hmm. uh, familiar with
0: debridement. Like
1: I would not like to downplay the role of nurses uh-huh. when it comes to wound care. Uh-huh. But if you compare a nursing graduate, from a yeah. physical therapist graduate. Mm-hmm. If you ask me who has more training in a sharp debridement, then that's where I would say I beg to disagree that nurses are more competent fresh out of school in sharp debridement because PTs are probably more competent.
0: But we don't practice much of, like, uh,
1: the knife skills. So. We, <laughs> we should have. So here yeah. in the States, um, there, it's, if you look at the curriculum here in the States, I think they have one semester or even two. They have laboratory in wound care. And this is oh. something that we that in the future we would like to integrate in the Philippines. And right. If, when I give when I gave courses in in the Philippines, uh, you know, we would demonstrate how to, let's say, do an Una boot for compression. And I've I've taught a course in the University of Santo Tomas, a two-day course, and I we actually had hands on like how to use a scalpel maybe in debriding an orange. Wow. So, yeah, so how do we apply it at Unaboot? So these <laughs> things can be learned. And, well, you know, this is something <laughs> in the works. And hopefully when mm-hmm. we get to the integration of this wound care in, in our curriculum, especially in our alma mater, then yeah. it would be something advantageous, not just for the students, but for the faculty as well.
0: Right. It, it It's exciting to learn that, um, students will be able to to practice wound care better or and have more knowledge and skill on that but, but i feel relieved that i already passed that cuz i'm really i don't really like blood that's why i went to physical therapy
1: there are a lot of ways to practice like debris sharp debridements with a scalpel a forceps uh-huh. Even as a staff member, I practiced it on a, on the orange. On an orange, uh-huh. you practice on an orange. <laughs> so you practice how to debreed the orange. So mm-hmm. You know, properly position the scalpel, use the forceps. You can also use uh, the, a pig's shank or a pig's thigh to do it. Oh, so in debridement classes in the states, that's that's what they use most of the day. I see.
0: Yeah, because um, when I practice here in home health, um. I would. I had uh, total hip or total knee patients and my, my case manager would say, okay, uh, you can take off the, the staples. and like, me? I'm a physical therapist. Shouldn't the nurses do that? Uh, you're the only one in that case, so
1: you can do it. Which is actually the wrong statement to, to explain that because if you look at the Practice Act again in the US, in my 10 or plus years in home health, I removed staples. And even where I used to work, nurses and PTs remove staples. So it is a competency, and there, it is something that can be learned. We were just aware of it. Although home health companies use nurses to remove the staples, but PTs can do it. Total, total hips. But I think in our, in my fe- our recent um, work, we were using it, PTs were allowed to take it out in total hips, total knee you know um uh hip fractures or intertrochanteric fractures, you know
0: mhm, yeah <laughs> now that, I was just surprised that that is my first encounter here that um that physical therapists can do wound care i did uh I did try to look it up in the scope of of mm-hmm. practice and and I did see that yeah, physical therapists can do wound care. It's just that like you i ha- I have to say that I wasn't confident enough, but the case manager was um supportive that she said that if if i needed some supervision to do it for the first time that mm-hmm. she can come with me uh to that patient right and, and you also mentioned um providing patients compression correct una boot mm-hmm. so it's also okay so in what cases of of uh or conditions do we provide that to patients
1: so you have to remember that the gold standard of treatment for venous insufficiency ulcers is always compression. compression. Mm-hmm. So, uh, apart from wound management, elevation, mm-hmm. it's compression. So there are a lot of different kinds of compression. A simple ace wrap sometimes, a simple elastic tubi grip or a stocking is suffice. But we have Una boots, we have... Uh, Four-layered compression systems available in the market. We have three-layered mm-hmm. compressions. Different. There are two-layered compressions, and as far as doing them, mm-hmm. it is something that can really be learned, and it is the gold standard. So, if you have a venous ulcer mm-hmm. and the, there are no contraindications, of underlying comorbidities, and the patient can tolerate compression, then you have to initiate compression. This is the problem what I call passive wound care that I see. Mm-hmm. Like I've encountered a lot of nurses in home health who mm-hmm. would ask himself: the wound's not healing. Oh, yes, it's not healing because you're not doing compression. They've been doing the same dressing for two months mm-hmm. and not changing the dressing. So you're right. not actually doing anything good for the patient. You're just doing a dressing change.
0: Right, which the caregivers can do Correct. if they... If, they, if so they teach it. That's
1: something that I feel strongly about. That I'm not that again, that I'm downplaying the, the, the mm-hmm. dirtiness, but I just feel like you have to be really proactive when you do wound care management. Right. I've seen a lot of clinicians stick to the same dressing and mm-hmm. show that the wounds are not healing, but you have to remember there are different parts of your treatment. Have you educated them to elevate their legs? Have you educated mm-hmm. them to, you know, Use compression. So uh-huh. are you applying compression? Because if you are treating a venous ulcer, and it is a definitely venous in nature, the wo- don't expect the wound to heal in an instant or positively if you don't consider all aspects. And it's not uh-huh. just that. Or you can have you checked the labs. Is uh-huh. the patient um, nutritionally deficient? Uh-huh. So there are a lot of things you have to consider as a wound therapist. It's not just treating the wound. Mm-hmm. You have to treat the patient as a whole. Right.
0: So what about uh, in, in patients who had burns? Mm. Uh, do we also provide like... Yes, uh, uh-huh.
1: definitely. Um, I've seen a lot of burns here, pediatric and adults, especially in the winter, in cold we have scalp burns, which is the most common cause for especially for children. How many times have I seen burn children who got burned in a restaurant? They pull the soup, spill in them second to, th- second to third degree burns. So, so especially if they're in a joint area. So, as a therapist, you're in a more advantageous position because you treat the burn with a specialized dressing. You try to think what else can I do? Exercises to prevent contractures.
0: Yeah, right. Positioning.
1: Positioning after the wound has healed. What else can you do? Scar management. It's also your job as a wound therapist to say Does the patient need burn garments, compression garments, to make sure that that joint doesn't, you know, scar and cause functional decrease after the, the burn heals? And for each type of burn, there is a, you know, uh, different kind of dressing that you would use. And it depends on the presentation. Deeper burns would require something stronger, a prescriptive item, and some would require a simpler dressing.
0: Mm-hmm. So this uh, here comes your um, knowledge on wet to dry? Well, <laughs> wet to dry is now... Wet uh, to wet,
1: uh, uh, the those kind of dressing. Do <laughs> well, we don't do it anymore. <laughs> so remember, the basic principle in wounds and in burns... A wound heals in a moderately moist environment. So we don't, so we say, usually they say, oh, you just let it dry out, it's going to heal. But that's not what studies have shown. It has to be in a moist environment, slightly moist environment. So if you have a burn that presents to you, first of all, assess the burn, the extent. There's also, you consider blanching or non-blanching. If it's blanching, it means it's more superficial than deep. If it's non-blanching, it's deeper. You use a different dressing for blanching burns, a different dressing for non-blanching. So as a therapist, burns is just one part. There's different diagnosis. So if you ask me what are the diagnosis, okay, we have pressure, which we deal with pressure ulcers as three have the allied practitioners. We call them pressure injuries. So you try to know the stage, You have venous insufficiency ulcers, arterial ulcers. You have diabetic foot ulcers. As a therapist, you would consider offloading proper assistive devices. So if you look at my train of thought, as a therapist, you can combine more. If a nurse sees a patient with a diabetic foot ulcer, do you think a nurse can recommend proper footwear, proper ambulation aids? No, they would just treat the wound as it is. Correct. Not that I'm downplaying their role, right. uh-huh. but as a wound therapist, I cover everything including assistive devices, exercises, offloading, proper shoe, pressure relief. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these are things that are I find better for us, uh-huh. advantageous. Uh,
0: so we're at a better um, mindset and thought process when it comes to seeing Correct. What, in, what other activity limitations this yeah. wound can present. Yeah.
1: Even if you look at the billing process in outpatient wound care, you can actually bill for elements that are not just purely wound care. Mm-hmm. So like if you do therapeutic exercise for an ankle burn. So you can bill for that. And that's oh. not that you're trying to bill more, mm-hmm. but it's something that will help the patient. Correct. Yeah, that is one of my questions
0: as well. Like if you're seeing a patient for wound management, do you also see them for therapeutic exercises or therapeutic activities? It, you can combine them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can gotcha. Have. And this is this goes to different
1: settings, like acute to home health to outpatient. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because, But I could speak for outpatient that the billing process is for PT. It's still in the PT aspect of billing. Mm-hmm. For inpatient, I've done wound care inpatient. I've seen and treated wound patients inpatient, in acutes. Mm-hmm. You can also uh, do it in home health. I've done, uh, in one in my other per diem company before, I did wound care, uh, mm-hmm. assisted in doing wound care. I've also done wound consults. Mm-hmm. In some companies, uh, like in Kaiser, I was with them eight years and four months. Mm-hmm. I was the only certified wound specialist in both nursing and PTs in that department.
0: And okay. we are a very
1: big company. And we have a Kaiser Center Claire Home Health is where I was doing the wound consultancy. I mean, uh-huh. I consult with nurses. If they have trouble, they call me. I do a joint visit. I give uh-huh. my recommendations.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But that's why I transitioned to my new job right now is because I wanted direct wound care again. So in outpatient, that's where you provide more direct wound care, right? You're more hands on. Hands on. Mm-hmm. I remember
0: when I was doing a a lecture in burns in in USC, um about uh, what do you call this maggots using maggots mm-hmm. for. Do you use? Do you also use that here, or rarely? Rarely,
1: I think, but they are available. Mm-hmm. I use. I've dealt with maggots, but in my practice in outpatient PT wound care, I, I, we have, we were not using the biological maggots. Mm-hmm. They are a bit, they could, they could uh-huh. be. A but maggots, I mean, as a the wound therapist, I have been in those situations where I find maggots in the wound, and there is a special protocol on how to deal with them. So I you see. have to cleanse the wound. Make sure you, make sure the maggots are in a. Has biohazard bag and dispose Uh that way. So yeah, we do see see that once in a while. I see. Wow. (laughs) Maggots can be used for the breedment. Right, right. There are are clinical maggots that are being used in a lot of countries right now. Right, and they're they're breeding it just for that purpose. That purpose.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, you mentioned that being a physical therapist is is advantageous that, that um in treating one care in, in terms of nursing, but would that be uh something of a problem because they would like in companies they would more rely more on physical therapy just to save up um, expenses in sending nurses to that uh,
1: to that patient uh, you know a lot of hospitals have different models. You know, think of it this way. Some hospitals, they they do feasibility studies about this. What will be more advantageous? Will I use PTs? Will I use nurses? Will I use both? Now, I would tell you, there are a lot of hospitals that use PTs for wound care. And I am not sure if they are just considering the skill, the mindset, the practice, or the billing, I would say different hospitals, different um, protocols, and different Choices, different preferences, but there are a lot of hospitals that utilize PTS. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see.
0: Okay, so with with wound care practice, what would you say um, did you like I- improve in terms of your um, clinical reasoning and, and approach to uh, a patient? What the what did wound care management
1: teach you further? It taught me to make sure that I provide the best treatment for a patient because one wrong move, you know, you have to be really mindful. One wrong move can cause harm.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's,
1: say you have, let's say you have a, a, a leg wound. Mm-hmm. You don't know if it's venous or arterial. Right. Haphazardly, you say, oh, it looks, I think it's venous. But then, and then you compress the wound with an unaboo. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, oh, it's arterial then that would have been bad. So this wound care taught me to be, you know, be, think, use mm-hmm. my critical thinking, what should I do to make sure I'm providing the best care? So in that scenario, I would say I need arterial studies, vascular studies first to make sure the patient has compressive, has pulses that are okay to compress,
0: mm-hmm.
1: check their pulses, take the ABIs. And so this taught, wound care taught me to be a more comprehensive therapist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it also taught me to be patient because as you, you have in not in unlike other areas of physical therapy, like if you choose a specialized dressing here, it's a trial and error. It you it, it there's no different everyone is different. So when you mm-hmm. decide what if I combine these two dressings, will it you have to try it out first and say, oh, maybe it's not working, you have to mm-hmm. think again. So this area of study made me analyze more. And think more of what other things I could use. Being creative. Definitely you have to be creative in wound care. Because Mm -hmm. in wound care, I always like to combine. Like Mm -hmm. let's say you have a non-healing wound, Mm -hmm. non-healing chronic wound, non-healing for let's say three weeks, and you've been using calcium alginate for three weeks already, and the Mm -hmm. wound just getting bigger, the wounds getting macerated. But you have to think: What other methods should I do in order to improve the wound? Uh-huh. Should I start doing, let's say, e-stem to make it uh-huh. try to make it heal faster, uh-huh. or should I change the dressing? And in that case, I'm more very, I'm very aggressive with my wound care, very proactive, I should say. Uh-huh. I always incorporate dressings that are I think could speed it up, uh-huh. like if a dressing is dry, too dry. I use something like a gel to make it a little moist. Mm-hmm. If I have a dressing that's too wet and you're using a gel, then that doesn't make it, it's too moist. So it's not good. Me. So in okay. that way you think, oh, okay, I'll switch from a gel to a foam. So, mm-hmm. it's, and if the, it's non-healing, I combine a dry wound. A dry wound, I would use a gel with collagen powder. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, you mix and match. It's like, just like playing. Mm-hmm. right. And to be honest with you, in practicing wound care, I enjoy it so much that I don't even consider it work anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I just consider it like I'm playing. Uh-huh. You, I hope you get the point. It's not that right. I'm to really be playful with my profession, right, right. but I feel like I enjoy it so much that I it comes naturally with me. Mm-hmm. I decide what dressings to use. I you know, I try to scout for products. And the mark of a good therapist is you have to make do of your formulary sometimes uh-huh. and make sure you think of the cost for the patient, the cost for the organization. Uh-huh. If I use this product, will it be economically or financially important for the company? Uh-huh. I mean, think of things to, you know, to optimize the wound, but at the same time, you have to consider other aspects as well.
0: Right. You also have to consider if the patient would be able to sustain that type of dressing. Yeah. If, you know, Especially
1: in setting, I would say. You have to be oh. there. because it's cash basis when it comes to the dressings. That's true. I would say make do of what you have and maximize your skills, not just the dressings. When I talk of skills, what are the skills? The mm-hmm. breedment. Mm-hmm. i say if you do sharp debridement, if you're skilled in sharp debridement, you are removing the bioburden. Right. So don't expect a therapist in the Philippines, let's say, don't, if a patient comes to you with a wound, mm-hmm. don't say, okay, I'll change the dressing, here's the dressing, and you're done. You please, and that's it, yeah. That's not skilled. Mm-hmm. Not skilled care. Remember, we are providing skilled care. Mm-hmm. So when you provide skilled care, you have to do other techniques, you know. Mm-hmm. So as it's indicated sharp debridement
0: right what would be your uh dream for filipino physical therapists in the philippines in in terms of wound care
1: well my short-term dream is actually now that we are opening a wound clinic in the philippines my short-term goal actually is for eventually for students maybe to rotate in that clinic maybe for interns to learn Mm -hmm. and you know it would be good experience for them, at least to shadow or to to learn the techniques, and eventually, I would, my dream would have a maybe to have a local certificate certification in the Philippines uh-huh. for those who want to local credential in management. Uh-huh. It's something that is very uh, important, right? It's because
0: for us physical therapists, it, we're already. In the helm of like the community community involvement, so having being sort like knowledgeable in wound care that would add up to what we can contribute to the community as as therapists.
1: Right, and mm-hmm. even my other credential, the wound care certified credential from the National Alliance of Wound Care and Ostomy, it has a pathway actually where even in the Philippines you can get the certification it's it's a like ex- i'll give you uh, an example my clinician in the philippines whom i am training or right, training she will be um of course because i'm in the us she will be the one running the clinic and we are in the process of getting her certified and if you are in the te- in the philippines and you don't have at the- at least 2 years full time experience in wound care you can actually register for the course as long as you are you're a pt Register for the, the WCC credential. So this is different, for, different from the CWS. So this one you would uh, register. They give you the go. You say this is for preceptorship. So you're required to take the course. It's a there's a different courses, different prices too. And there's a course an online course from WoundCareEducators.com, which is like $890. It's a intensive course, and once you finish that course you get the completion certificate that is required for you to go to the next step which is preceptorship a preceptorship it has to be with an approved preceptor not anyone can teach you i am an approved preceptor that preceptorship is 120 hours there is a competency checklist and i actually evaluate and make sure that clinician knows what she or he is doing once she passes the preceptorship, I assess, write down my notes, send it to the board. They give the go signal for that person to take the board exam. And if you are in the Philippines, you can take this through a computer in one of the testing centers, I think, in Makati or Manila. Oh, so, the Prometric? Yes, Prometric. Mm-hmm. Ah, so that nice. is one thing. So, that's what we are
0: doing with my clinician right now. Mm-hmm, right, being certified in wound care.
1: So, that is one of the certifications a PT can get. It's mm-hmm. called Care Certified Credential from the National Alliance of Wound Care and Ostomy. And I have both certifications. Mm-hmm. Have a certified wound specialist with the American Board of Wound Management and the Wound Care Certified Credential from the National Alliance of Wound Care and Ostomy. And you're also an approved uh, preceptor. Yes, I'm an approved preceptor with the National Alliance of Wound Care and Ostomy. Right. Yes, I see. So if if someone
0: wants to get it into... Wound care. What can you um, advise them? What uh, traits or values do you advise that they have if they're interested in, in going to the field
1: of wound care? I would suggest reading a lot—not mm-hmm. just books, but there are so many journals right now, Ameri- in in online that are available. A lot mm-hmm. of journals, blogs, um, white practice papers you know, standards of practice, pearls of wisdom. There are so many documents available online and that's how I did it. So mm-hmm. not just the experience, the practice, I read a lot. A lot mm-hmm. of books, a lot of journals. And wound Care is an ever-evolving field. Right. It's a billion-dollar market and in a span of a few weeks, you have a new dressing again. <laughs> so you have to know all these developments. And yeah. we're not just limited to dressings that are specialized, but we have different modalities that are being used in the wound care spectrum. I don't know if you've heard of negative pressure wound therapy or vacuum-assisted closure. So these are, you know, (laughs) you use a foam or a gauze. It's negative pressure with a machine that's portable or even they use as an inpatient. Oh, I think I've seen that, that the, the, it's like sucking
0: the, sucking the, it's a
1: Practice do that, but it's something that I enjoy. It's like arts and craft. You shape the foam, right? <laughs> right? You, know, you fill the tunnels with special white foam, or you know, if you want other, combine it with other dressings, and so it is. There are a lot of different things we do, not just mm-hmm. dressing the You know, you also try to you know do these things: E stem, mm-hmm. other modalities, and this one, negative pressure wound therapy, very popular in wound care. Plus, you get to communicate with doctors. You get to communicate with other nurses, members mm-hmm. of the field. Like, if you had a patient with a social problem, you would communicate with a social worker. If you have a patient who you think is suffering from nutritional loss or low albumin levels, I would communicate with their primary care physician or mm-hmm. even a dietitian. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or what could they do to make improve their nutrition? Uh-huh. So there's wow. so many things to consider. In your experience, coming from like
0: you said, you you started with uh, you started your work here in the acute care internship, right, and and wound care. Um, when did you realize, or what was that aha moment that you felt that oh, I I'm already um, comfortable with wound care. I'm not. I don't feel like a, a novice anymore.
1: I would say. I, I felt comfortable in wound care at that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I when instead of fearing to go to work in the morning, mm-hmm. like I was just so excited to go to work. Mm-hmm. Ah. that was the turning point. I remember as a new therapist, especially from the Philippines, from a foreign country, mm-hmm. in the big county hospital here, mm-hmm. Santa Clara Valley Medical Center. Imagine my internship. I'm sure you've you've also went to. Did you go to internship? Uh, I was able to uh, pass the, what do you call this? Oh, you Uh, endorsed your license.
0: I endorsed my license from Maryland. Oh, yeah. yeah. I
1: started from scratch here in California. Mm -hmm. I was really, I didn't, my only clinical experience in the Philippines was my internship. Mm -hmm. When I went to the States, I was actually, you know, really scared. Mm -hmm. Even in the acute setting. But Mm -hmm. when I went to wounds and became very comfortable with my expertise. Mm-hmm. The turning point was when I woke up each morning and I looked forward to going to work. Oh, wow. Like I, like I was so driven. Mm-hmm. Like even up to now, like in my new job, like I can't wait to, to, to go to work and mm-hmm. be a wound therapist. Mm-hmm. And this new job of mine actually is the first job I've seen that, that job title in their job description actually says wound care specialist. Oh, and when okay. you look at the requirements, it makes me proud that this company actually states must have a physical therapy degree, mm-hmm. a master's degree, and I have a doctorate. So, mm-hmm. so, but because all the other companies I've worked for, it would just say, uh, even in so the, it was just say physical therapist one, physical therapist two, but. Mm-hmm. Never would they say, okay, wound care special. Okay. Here in Sutter where I work now, that's their um job description.
0: Wow, wow. <laughs> what would you um suggest uh physical student physical therapists or future physical therapists in order for them to succeed in, in, in their practice in, in general, not just like wound care, but in general in, in their physical therapy practice?
1: You know, I'm very pro-education, to tell you mm-hmm. honestly. I, I love to learn. I think if you have that heart, I think it's the heart to learn mm-hmm. because I don't know anything. Even if I've been practicing since 2003, I, 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 mean, I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's really evolving. You have to be on top of everything you, w- you want to achieve. So if you want to improve in your craft, you don't only take continuing education courses just for the fact that you needed to renew your license. Right. You take courses because you you want to empower yourself. You want to improve on yourself. In fact, right now, I am almost done with my Master's of Science in Management and Leadership. Oh wow! I'm taking this with Western Governors University, and I feel like this is a different side of me. It's a business. Oh. Side of me. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, you'll never, you, you won't be a therapist or for forever. forever. You, you are going to transform, transcend, improve. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day decide to start your own company or mm-hmm. which is what I did with the wound care institute of the Philippines. I just feel like if you pursue endeavors such as these, like higher education, higher learning, it will, it will improve you as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and But there are things you just don't learn in classes. There are things right. you learn in life. Okay. You learn fall, you get up, and you learn yeah. from these experiences. So I would say keep an open mind in learning uh, from these schools or educational courses, but also try to improve your mindset. Okay. When your mindset improves and you tell yourself – I'm doing this not just for myself, that's just to make money. Because sometimes you say, I want to be a therapist because I want to make money. But mm-hmm. when you come to a point where you say, I'm doing this because this is for helping others or this is my advocacy, mm-hmm. then a big part of you just makes you shine out that, you know, your qualities that are beneficial, not just for the organization you work for, but for the patients.
0: Right. <coughs> because we're always learning, always evolving, always evolving.
1: Yeah, and we don't just learn from our teachers, our mentors, mm. our mm. peers, our colleagues. We also learn from our patients. Right. And that's something I've experienced that I've learned mm-hmm. in my practice here. I, I try to reflect, and that's one of the things I want to encourage others to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Every day, Every give your time to reflect, you know, Mrs. X or Mrs. Y is doing this. What should I have done differently? So you're trying to question yourself, um, you know, should I have done anything differently? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially with your treatments. Mm-hmm.
0: So don't just be satisfied with what you already did,
1: but see yeah, if you don't be, something. Don't be complacent. Don't uh-huh. just say, it's enough. Uh-huh. Don't be, ju- don't just be at par with the st- the status quo. You know, you uh-huh. have to remember each patient is different. And even in one it's very common but when you in Filipino it's like de cajon mm-hmm. for this case this is what you do this case this is what you do but remember no even when you're doing home health a total knee patient with the same diagnosis of another patient in another patient it's not never different right different so that, differently yeah
0: <clears throat> yeah okay um so as a, a last question for for you um um what would be the the three ingredients that you carry um, every day in your life that you think are in- essential? There, this can be um, a thing, a, a value, a lesson that you think that are very important or essential in
1: your life, you carry in your work and yeah. in your day-to-day life. Number one, I think, is faith. Mm-hmm. Um, as a I've been brought up with a lot of values that would always direct me that if you find something wrong in your personal life, career life, or school, or any situation, it's always you have that faith faith in yourself, faith in others, faith that in some way or another you are helping a person and that person will have a better quality of life because of mm-hmm. you. So, faith. And of course, in, our, in a higher power. Mm-hmm. It, So that's what I firmly believe in. Number two, I would say humility. Uh At the end of the day, even if I have credentials, certifications, degrees, or whatnot, these are non-essential. I consider these non-essential in my career. Uh I mean, in my career, yes, they're essential, but in my life, I would say. I consider Uh there are a lot of other things in life that are far more valuable, such as family. Uh-huh. And community and advocacy, social awareness, and these things you cannot learn, but you have to live with them and try to gain experience from them. Number three, I would say is the value for um, I would say education, uh-huh. the value for education i would I would say be proactive in trying to learn new things. And try to find your passion. And if you find your purpose in life and your passion, you'll realize that you'll wake up every day looking forward to doing that. And that will actually be, you know, very beneficial for your Mm well-being. I think that when you combine all of those aspects and you feel content that, oh, I'm doing something not just for myself. I'm, you know, what is better than being compensated, earning a living, Mm -hmm. doing something you love?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So for a physical therapists like us, it's important for us to find that direction. Mm-hmm. Where will we be truly content and happy? Mm-hmm. I know it's easier said than done, but right. we have to try to find that inner purpose. Really, mm-hmm. where can we be the most productive, mm-hmm. and where can we be more most valuable? Mm-hmm.
0: No, right. Yeah, I think that's the the word where we can be most productive and valuable. Because uh, a lot of people would just be looking for happiness, but mm-hmm. without
1: the, the sense of purpose. True. Yeah. And sometimes even with the different fields of PT, you would say, oh, I'll stick to home health because it's I make money. Mm-hmm. Or, and comfortable. Uh, and it's comfortable mm-hmm. and flexible. But then co- at the end of the day, you would say, is this really the... That type of the field that will make me content and happy. Mm-hmm. So as I have told you, I've been in Kaiser for eight years, and I was mm-hmm. doing home health and wound consults. Mm-hmm. But then when I moved to this job that opened up, I said, "Does this actually make me happier and make will be able will be able to fulfill my dreams and you know make mm-hmm. me more productive?" Mm-hmm. So I you know I've decided to make a change to say, "Oh, I'll stick to wound care." And do home health on the side if I need to. Mm-hmm. This is something, you know, make changes and mm-hmm. find that niche and that passion in your heart. And I'm rest assured, I think everyone has just just has to focus and find that, you know, that purpose. Right, right. It's it's a learning
0: process. You you try things, you you see that it's not for you, then you try other things.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And if you need to make changes in order to achieve that dream of yours, then Make those changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. D- don't be scared of like taking... Correct. First, uh... when I, before going into wound care, I was really scared.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: was in acute care and then all of a sudden, manager tells me, oh, okay, for your internship, you start in wound care next week. Uh- <laughs> so I really scared. I'm like, wound care? I didn't even do too much. I didn't do wound care in the Philippines. I didn't... Uh-huh. Do, I mean... Yes, you have a chapter in wound care in mm-hmm. our books, right? Uh, yeah. But what I was like so bookish. I read the whole chapter and said, Oh, do I have to do this test? So oh. it's like but I you know, you just have to fight and try mm-hmm. to learn and absorb as much as you can. And luckily for me, I I owe it to my mentors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've met so many mentors in my career that I would say helped me become who I am right now. If mm-hmm. not for them, I wouldn't have loved what I'm doing right now. Right.
0: So what did you, uh, What did your mentors share to you uh, that you, you still carry until, until now? I would
1: say besides the clinical aspect, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, my mentors always taught me to give excellent care and be be compassionate and show empathy to my mm-hmm. patients right if you if you have that if you develop that rapport with your patients and you you try to explain things even in difficult situations mm-hmm. try to go if you encounter a different patient, patient difficult patient just You know, go with the flow. Try to go back to your purpose. I always refer back to my purpose. Why am I there? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. And try to, you know, make some adjustments. Adjust the tone of your voice. If the patient has difficulty understanding your instructions or understanding the plan of care, Mm -hmm. to, you know, educate them in the best way you can. And I think that's one of the best things they've taught me is to actually adapt and adjust. And eventually I've managed to do them on my own. Mm -hmm. But I was humbling at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the learning curve, but you, you manage, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So well uh thank you uh TJ for uh your time, for uh sharing your knowledge and your experience with us. And uh that was a very uh inspirational, uh powerful episode that we have here. I- I'm sure that a lot of Filipino physical therapists would learn from from this episode so i, I hope this, this wouldn't be the lesson
1: if you have any questions you can email me right doctor i'm oh, sorry i don't call well that's one of the things i don't like being called doctor <laughs> i don't i don't you know flaunt it you can call me tj just mm-hmm. call me um just email me at woundcare.philippines at gmail.com Woundcare. dot, dot philippines, philippines at gmail.com at gmail.com. I'm,
0: I'm going to post that as well in the description of for this episode so again thank you TJ and uh, <laughs> all right. Bye. that's another wrap of PT Mill Physical Therapy Podcast tune in next time for more hearty conversations
1: with fellow physical therapists adios